0: minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Here it is, the season's on the line, two receivers left and right, McCown takes the snap, he steps up, he's all by himself, fires into the end zone, touch, touchdown, no! He's out of the playoff! Hands it off of on Green Bay. the right pop, side. Pop, pop, pop. Into the clear. He's gone. He'll go all the He's way. He's gone. He will go all the way. Right sideline to the 40, to the 30, to the 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown!
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of a Pack-A-Day podcast. You may be wondering to yourself, why am I hearing audio from back in 2003 and well the truth is that like we have said several times over the last couple of weeks we're just really in that dead time of year and we were trying to think of what are we going to talk about on a Wednesday in the middle of June and Jacob Wessendorf decided that uh, we'd stretch a little bit if he didn't hear Josh McCown after what 17 years in the league I think and with 10 different teams Monday decided he's hanging up the cleats and well if you don't remember 2003 December 28th 2003 Packers and Vikings both 9 and 6 heading into week 17 of the season and the Vikings were on the road playing the 3-12 and Arizona Cardinals. And the Packers <laughs> needed the Cardinals to somehow beat the Vikings and then beat the Broncos to make the playoffs that year. And for some of you, you remember this very vividly. I remember – I know that I do. And I was pretty certain that Green Bay was going to beat the Broncos. But um, I was also pretty certain that there was no way in hell the Vikings were going to lose to the 3-12 and Cardinals. And, well, as you heard, Josh McCown, the man who just retired on Monday through the game-winning touchdown pass that put the Packers into the playoffs in 2003. And so we thought we'd take a trip down memory lane right now and just discuss some of those games where you just – you there's there's something about it you just you remember exactly where you were you remember exactly what was going on and we just thought we'd take a trip down memory lane and revisit some of the greatest packer moments where you just like i said absolutely remember where you were and, and you know jacob owen i remember i was in 2003 I was I was 11 years old. So I wasn't I wasn't that old but I remember it very vividly because the Packers that weekend had so many different avenues into the playoffs uh, outside of what eventually came to be and I was with my family in Illinois visiting some family friends and my dad was watching the games on Saturday and all the teams at Green Bay needed to to lose we're winning, and I remember telling my dad, I said, "No, I said, Dad, I want all these teams to win because I said the Cardinals, I, like, there's going to be nothing greater because I grew up in Minnesota. So for me, that that game against the Cardinals is a little bit, a uh, little bit more stuck in my memory banks because it was so fun to go back to school after Christmas vacation and know that they had missed out on the playoffs, but." I was in the basement of our family friend's house watching the game with my dad, and I can't even begin to describe to you the dance that my dad did when they came back from commercial and they showed that the Cardinals were up 18 to 17 and eh, made for a pretty great Christmas gift. So uh, with that, though, you know, Jacob, I know you said that you remember that game. But, you know, tell, us, tell us a little bit about your memories from that 2003 game.
2: Yeah, like yesterday, I was 12 years old, so a little bit older than you in that regard, but kind of the same age. And for those of you that remember, this was before, like, legal, quote-unquote, streaming and, you know, internet and all that stuff was popular and more versed. Sunday ticket may not have even been a thing at this point in time. I don't remember if it was or not. But the Packers were on the local channel that day, and we were at my grandma's house in Morrison, Illinois, celebrating Christmas. Um from that year. Cause we always did a little bit after when we were kids and all that sort of stuff. So um, we were there and I remember the kind of the same things you do. The Vikings had to lose. That was the only avenue green Bay had into the playoffs was that the Vikings had to lose. And the game goes to a commercial scene it's 17 to 12, but Brian Gumbel says the Cardinals have the ball and the Packers are dragging the Broncos at this point. It's 31 to three. They started Jarius Jackson that day. I remember that I'm on green. You heard that run in the intro ran for 99 yards. Um, The Packers ran the ball all over the place that year. I believe that was the year that Amon Green set the single season rushing record uh, as a Packers running back. Um, So that was, I mean, that was a big deal. The Packers were dragging them. So the Packers did their portion that they needed to do. What they needed was for the Cardinals to win. And Josh McCown was some unknown third string rookie that I'd never heard of. The Vikings, this was kind of not quite their heyday, but they had Dante Culpepper. They had Randy Moss. They had a lot of talent. They gave the Packers some trouble, uh, obviously, during that little era. They had played for an NFC championship, I think, three years prior. They were definitely the favorites to win the division going into that season. And it goes to a commercial, and, like, the whole room is silent because we're waiting to see what happens. And then, yeah, the the CBS scoreboard comes back, and it says the Cardinals are winning 18 to 17. And I remember I was wearing – so do you guys remember – long time ago, they had those shark tooth hats where it was like the logo in the middle and it looked like shark teeth were like going up into the logo. I was wearing that and this old Brett Favre jersey that my mom had bought for me that really resembled more of a t-shirt. And I had this undershirt that I thought was lucky I had started wearing it. If you guys remember, the Packers were seven and six at one point that year. I don't remember who they beat before they beat the Raiders. But then they beat the Raiders on the night, you know, shortly after Favre's dad died, which we all remember. And then that game against the Broncos got them to 10-6. and Well, I had an undershirt that I swore was lucky, so I was wearing that, and it showed the score, and I ran around my grandparents' basement. um, Got yelled at for running in the house, but I couldn't help it. I mean, I was that excited that the Packers were going to the playoffs, and it's something that that call from Paul Allen is phenomenal. Uh, They gave Nathan Poole, the guy who caught the touchdown, the key to the city which was hilarious in a lot of different ways. And Josh McCown, Nick, you put some respect on that man's name. That is the highest rated passer in the storied quarterback history of the Chicago bears. So I'm always (laughs) grateful to Josh McCown for that reason in time. But yes, I remember that. That's one of those games that I'll always remember. And then I also remember this is before like video boards and all that stuff were in the stadium. So there was, I mean, this is what I've been retold since then. But people were basically um, watching, trying to find the Vikings game or find a Viking score or something like that in the stadium. Mm-hmm. And the way the players found out was that the crowd just started going nuts at the two-minute warning because that game ended around the time the Green Bay two-minute warning started. And I'll always remember Donald Driver, like, with this huge smile on his face and, like, dancing on the sideline because they had found out the Vikings had lost and they were going to the playoffs. Uh, they went on to beat the Seahawks in a fourth uh, – We want the ball, and
1: we're going to score.
2: We want the ball, and we're going to score. And then Brett Favre proceeded to, as he did many times in his Packers career, arm punt the season away one week later in Philadelphia. But, yes, that game was one of my favorites. I'll never forget it.
1: Yeah, and so for those of you that don't know, if – I, I don't know how you wouldn't know, but that was back in the old force-out rule days, uh, which, you know, that, yes. that that rule no longer exists, but that is what they called that uh, Nathan Poole was forced out when he caught the ball in the end zone, and, uh, well, the rest is history. So, uh, Owen, uh, you know, I'm I'm given to understand that, uh, that, that you're kind of – I, I guess more newer to the Packer fan base here. So I, this is not a game that you particularly sticks out in your memory. Is that correct?
3: Yeah. So like, I remember like the tight view of it, like when they show it from the near end zone angle. Um, I think it was Corey Chavis, right? I believe it was the, the correct. Viking player that pushed him out. Um, so, yeah, I don't have – I remember the game. Like, I couldn't tell you. I, I probably wasn't watching it live. Um, I, I, I'm i not entirely sure why, but growing up, I was not a conventional – I lived in Wisconsin. I was obviously, like, followed the Packers because I was. it was always on TV. Um, but, yeah, I was a, a Ravens and Chiefs fan growing up uh, due to, like, Ray Lewis with the Ravens uh, and then Priest Holmes going from the Ravens to the Chiefs. Like, those are my two favorite players. Don't ask me why. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I – Watched a ton of Packer games, but it was generally uh, as annoying as, as it sounds, like the contrarian view, where I was like, well, I like the other team. Don't ask why. Things happen in 2019. But a couple <laughs> other things I wanted to get off before we switch topics. Number one, again, put some respect on Josh McCown's name. Look up the between-the-leg dunk video from the charity like celebrity basketball game. And also, Josh McCown, if you look on Mock Draftable, if you put him as a receiver – He's in like the 60th percentile of athletes at receiver.
1: Well, I was, you know, receiver, it, very
3: underrated athlete. Josh it, it, it was
1: very interesting that you say that because I was looking on Monday through Twitter and I came across the lions game where he played wide receiver against the Patriots. And, until Monday, I had no idea that was a thing, and I'm watching some of it. And I mean, hey you know for for being a guy that played quarterback, I mean, he's not you know Julio Jones out there running routes, but I mean, it, it looked actually kind of pretty impressive. So you know,
3: he's, he's about five inches too tall to get the Julian Edelman thing, but if he had a different <laughs> skin tone, he probably couldn't read defenses. So you can <laughs> put that on there. Um, but yeah, so Josh McCown, very underrated athlete, extremely underrated. Uh, probably just as a player, because he's, like, I mean, not forgettable, but he's very dismissible as a starter, because in almost any game he probably ever started, he wasn't, like, the better, quote-unquote, player. You know, like, if you're playing the Packers, you're like, well, they have Josh McCown, or if you're—if they're playing against the the Patriots, will they have Josh McCown. If they're playing against the Saints, well, I don't know, the other team starts Josh McCown, whatever. But, a, like, a very underrated, very serviceable player that never probably got the true opportunity as often as he probably deserved, but... Um, for sure, yeah, definitely facilitated this great Packer moment, and uh, yeah, so mine, um, yeah, I, I remember the game, I remember the moment, but like, like I guess I couldn't tell you specifics other than like Corey Chavis was the one that pushed him out before the show. I asked which receiver caught it, um, <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, but yeah, I remember like Corey Chavis pushed him out, and I remember like they the original viewing was like oh from behind the the Cardinals offense, but the one that gets played so often is the one like from the near end zone where it gets pushed out on the left side. So I I, I know that, uh, but yeah, I'm a little. A different advantage than you two are for sure.
1: All right. Well not a problem there, but so this next one here I know is I, I've talked to Jacob about this one. This is one of his absolute favorites because anything that involves the Packers beating the Bears is always wonderful. But uh, let's let's see if you guys know this one here.
0: Rogers gets the snap, blitz is on, Rogers scrambles, got winds got up. Rainbow. Rainbow. He's got Cobb at the 10 to the yes! to the end zone. Down And a dagger! Oh my goodness! An NFC North Division championship dagger of
1: 47 yards! So that takes us back to 2013. Uh, Aaron Rodgers breaks his collarbone in, oh man, I don't nope. know what week it was, but middle of October against the Bears at home on Monday Night Football, only to come back Eight weeks later, and uh, deliver that very memorable moment. And, Jacob, you mentioned something about doing the worm. <laughs> <laughs> I think our listeners would love to hear this. I'm very curious.
2: Yeah. Um, okay. So, for starters, it was November 4th that he broke his collarbone. And I only remember that because I was in the building that night. And Seneca Wallace played quarterback. And Whoa.
1: what a nightmare. <laughs> it was
2: not, yeah. It was not pretty. Uh, so obviously the Packers have every reason to not make the playoffs that you're in. Nobody else in the division seemed to want to win the division that year. So they play the bears in the last week of the season at soldier field. And it's right around. It was right after Christmas, if I remember right. And I had come home the previous week. So I caught the Packers losing to the Steelers uh, from my couch. And then the next week, yeah, they played Chicago. And I remember the Packers needed, the Bears to lose to Philadelphia, and the Eagles just drubbed them on Sunday night football. They won by, like, 40 points or something like that. It was crazy. Um, but, yeah, I remember, so the game is kind of back and forth. Rogers threw a couple of interceptions early. They scored a touchdown on a strip sack that nobody realized was a fumble until Jarrett Boykin picked the ball up, and they scored on that. Um, and they're losing by one, and I remember I tweeted – something along the lines of like 88 yards for the NFC North crown. So they needed to go 88 yards and score a touchdown to win the game and, or kick a field goal. Obviously they could have done that too. They were trying by a point, but they converted two fourth downs, one to John Kuhn and one to Jordy Nelson that I thought he skipped. So I remember then after that, it was like fourth and eight and there were like seven. So my house is the house or my parents' house. I don't live there anymore, but my parents' house is the place where everybody watched football. And my friends to this day are saying they were like trying to figure out an exit strategy for if uh, the Packers were to lose that game. I'm uh, not as emotional as I used to be, but I was definitely a very, very emotional fan at one point in time. Um, But, yeah, I'm standing to the right of my television and see Julius Peppers coming free. And I was like, oh, shoot, that's it. (laughs) And John Kuhn with the play of his career, knocks Julius Peppers down, and Rogers rolls to his left. And as soon as he, like, reared up like he was throwing deep, my dad says, oh, you only need eight. One of my dad's biggest pet peeves is on, like, third and five. They throw it 15 yards instead of five. So that was funny. And then I'm thinking, like, what's the big deal? He needs eight. Like, I'm thinking it's Aaron Rodgers. If he winds up and is throwing deep, he's got something. And Randall Cobb is wide open, and as soon as he catches the ball, yeah, I, like, jumped in the air went to my chest and like pushed myself right back up and my friend Christian looks over at me and goes did you just do the worm and the whole room started laughing and he was like yes I did the so it was like the least athletic fat white guy version of the worm that has ever happened but it was that exciting at that point in time even though uh, at the time if you guys remember the winner of that game had to host the 12 and four San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs So all of us are thinking, like, okay, even if we win, like the winner of this game is getting their ass kicked in San Francisco next week. Turns out Green Bay probably should have won that game, but that's beside the point at this point in time. But, yeah, the worm was born that day. I am still to this day, and Christian Du Bois, if you're listening, you can uh, confirm this for everybody, but I am still in his phone as hashtag the worm. So that was my NFC North championship experience in 2013.
1: You know, for me, I I remember that game, but the one – From that season, the game that really stuck out to me was not actually uh, that game in particular. It was what I guess in my mind really considered is what started the open the door for the Packers was the Monday night football game between the Ravens and the Lions. And Justin Tucker's 61-yard field goal as time expired. I remember watching that, and as soon as he made that field goal, I said, Green Bay can win this thing. This the door is now open, and that one that sticks out to me a little bit more uh, than than the Bears than Bears Packers, but nonetheless. And Owen, I I, I don't know. Is this still pre pre Packer fan for you?
3: It was, but I remember it, uh, and I remember that. I can tell you as a Ravens fan, I can tell you that Justin Tucker kick uh, started a string of like. Like, four out of five weeks, he hit, like, a 60-plus yard. It was stupid. Anyways, um, I do remember that, though, because – So, in college, my two roommates, one is a Packer fan and one is a Bear, uh, Bears fan. They're both from Illinois, uh, which made it good. But um, So, my buddy Grant is a Bears fan, and he's very, like, casual as a fan but extremely emotional when he watches it. Like, the whole week, could be like – Yeah, I don't know. The Bears suck. I'm not going to watch the game. But on Sunday, he'll go. And he is so invested and so in it, like, when he's there. So we were home for break, though. And uh, I remember we came back and, like, he's like, I didn't talk to anybody for three hours. (laughs) We just kept texting him. (laughs) Because, like, I didn't, like, I wasn't a Packer fan, but I was, like, very much into giving my friend a hard time. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I shut my phone off for three hours. I went in my room. I didn't talk to anybody. So that was uh, that's what I remember from that. I do remember, like, the play. I remember all of a sudden because he got all excited because I remember he told me, he's like, yeah, when Rodgers went to throw, I was like, whatever. Like, they're just hucking it. And all of a sudden, he's like, why in the F is no one on Randall Cobb? <laughs> and then he's like, and then I didn't talk to anybody for three hours.
2: <laughs> Nick, one more bit from that story I also remember is afterwards, Marcus Eversall of WDUZ was the king of Snapchat. And we were in college at the same time, so he sent me a snap, and it was like two cycles long, if you will. Uh, I think he said twelve words total, and ten of them were profane. So <laughs> there's that,
1: <laughs> there's that <too. laughs> oh, Marcus, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the podcast someday. But uh, yes, uh, that man, and it's always it's always so much sweeter when it comes at the expense of the bears, is it not?
2: Uh, I would, I mean, the Vikings, the bears, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot living around as many bears fans as I do. And believe me, I've heard all the chirping that you guys have made all offices and that's cool. Um, what is it you call it? Nick or Owen, the, uh, Aaron Rodgers' Scorched Earth Revenge Tour is coming. Oh, yeah, here. bro, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, enjoy your your guys' one-year reign as division champs because Daddy's coming. It was Father's Day, so I hope you wished him a happy Father's Day.
3: <laughs> so, well, well, hopefully they did because they'll make some joke about Aaron not talking to his dad.
1: To his yes, yes. <laughs> All right, and looping back to the topic here. So, well, so Owen, like we've we've discussed already, uh you're kind of new to it and you, you, we were talking before the show, you have uh, a particular play that sticks out in your mind from just a few years ago, which is actually by most people's standards considered to be one of the greatest throws ever made. And you're talking Dallas, Green Bay, run the table season, Aaron Rodgers throw to Jerry Cook. Is that correct?
3: Two MFs in the world. As Patrick Mahomes' dad said, two MFs in the world can make that throw, and one of them is my son.
1: <laughs> All right, So, so tell us a little bit about this play. Why does this one stick out to you so much?
3: All right, so it was the first year that I was like – I'm still hesitant to call myself, like, a fan, like, of any team because it's short for fanatic. And I try to take – like, Jake and I talk about this a lot. I try to take a lot of my emotion out of it. I try to be reasonable and rational and and try to not be, like, that annoying biased fan that, like, the Browns fan that from every year in the last 10 thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl because this is the year that's their team. So I try not to do that. But So the first year – yeah, it was the run-the-table year, and the Packers were just bad. And I still stand on this take that the team was not good, and they were four and six for a reason. And all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers is like, time to play hero ball. And, <laughs> he, just it. To, and he just went off and just got white hot like he does. And um, so, yeah, so I remember two plays – well, three. Three really stand out from that. One, the Micah Hyde picks, uh, pick on the, the bubble screen that Dak threw, they just telegraphed really bad. I remember that because I remember, like, that whole game, like, Dom Capers is in, like, dime against the Cowboys, like, 21 personnel. (laughs) It's not working. Like, so, and for whatever reason, in the second half, they just decided to stop running the ball, even though Zeke had, like, 100 yards at halftime. So, they threw that bubble, and Micah Hyde read it and just took it and picked it. And I was like, all right, like, this is going to happen. Like, this is, like, there's a sign. Because the Packers jumped out way early in that game. I think it was, like, 21 seven or like twenty four seven or something. And like 30. Yeah, and then so all of a sudden I was like, whoa, like they're gonna run away with this. And then the Cowboys remembered that Ladarius Gunter was covering Des Bryant. <laughs> and so he threw two I think it was two touchdowns at Des Bryant. Or at least one. Like a deep throw and then a touchdown. And then all of a sudden like the Cowboys had stormed back and we're right here. And I was like, oh man. And then I remember the second play I was freaking out cuz I'm like dude they're just going to keep running it with Zeke and they're, they're going to lose. So Micah Hyde made that pick and I was like all right like they'll be all right. The second play I remember and this is like such an like a like a mundane like not big deal play at all. I remember Kenny Clark made a tackle on Ezekiel Elliott on a screen pass outside of the numbers. And at that second that's very relevant for the current day Packers cuz I was like Kenny Clark is going to be an effing stud. Like that is unreal for a dude that size to make a tackle outside the numbers on a back like Zeke. I was like, that was a sign of things to come. So that's the second play. The third play, the one we talked about earlier, the Jared cook play uh, Rogers. uh, Basically the, the story came out. Randall Cobb said after the game that they had whatever the play call was. And Rogers was basically like, all right, like this is what we're going to do. You know, like, and he's drawing like the play on his hand, like you're outside at recess with your buddies and Rogers uh, I can't remember who the free hitter was. I feel like it was uh, a defensive back, maybe. But anyways, so it came off the edge. Rodgers reverse pivots out of it like he does with everything because every single defender makes the same mistake on Rodgers every single time. Anyways, so he goes out, and the underneath route is covered. And then all of a sudden, you see Jared Cook like, streaking through the defense. Nobody's close to him. But you're like, but you see it, and Rodgers is still not really in a position to throw, which is uh, as rare that is as that is for him. Like, he really wasn't in a position to throw. And I'm like, dude, like, he's open, and he's going to miss him just because he's not able to get his body around. And Rodgers finally sets up and just throws this absolute laser beam down the sidelines. <clears throat> and this is all, like, again, not to keep breaking up the story, this is all after the Cowboys took that lead, and every Cowboy fan in the building's like, cheering. And there's that famous tweet, like, or the like a uh, Packer fan took a video and they're like, wow, they're really cheering with like one fifteen left or whatever. And then Rogers gets it, makes it toward to Jared Cook, and at like real life time, you're like, ah, oh, crap, that was incomplete. But the more you thought about it and the more they showed it, you're like, I don't know, like the way he caught it, his body was positioned, you're like, I don't know, as I'm sitting here like making all the movements, which is great for a podcast. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know. like he might have caught that and then they showed the slow mo, which as much as I hate like the one, one one thousandth of a frame per second replay thing, they did bring it and it benefited the Packers. And they got he had this, those two feet down. I was like, there's no way that they're gonna not win this game after that throw. Like, that was it, it's still one of the most like insane throws I've ever seen any quarterback make at any level. And Jared Cook, who had been like such a hot and cold because he was supposed to be the savior when the Packers signed him, and then he was hurt, and he's not a very good blocker, which wasn't a huge thing for McCarthy, so then he didn't play a ton. But then, like, the last – like, the run-the-table thing, he got really hot, and Rogers really threw him the ball quite a bit. And he makes this play, and I was like, dude, they're going to they're gonna win this game. And then Crosby makes the field goal, but they ice him. And then the second one, he kicks it, and it's like <laughs> – it's it left. It, it, it's it's that like it's that buddy that hugs your wife like for a few seconds too long every time. <laughs> <laughs> that was like it was your friend, but man, like I didn't know about it for a while because it really looked like it was going to hook left, and then at the last second it sneaks back in the upright, and I was like, man, like this team. I don't know. I was like, this team can do it. Aaron Rodgers can do it. I don't know if this team can, but Aaron Rodgers can do it. And then the next week they got forklifted by the Falcons, but that's not what we're I, here to talk I about.
1: don't think they played the following week, did they?
3: Yeah, they well, played. There
2: was a game. I don't know if the Packers played it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, they oh, the, played.
3: Gary <laughs> Frandle played. I can tell yeah, you he played. played. They <laughs> both got uh, completely closer uh, by Julio Jones.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, well, you know, it, it, with that game, it's, it's interesting because for me, the, the two two things I remember most about that game was the, right. the, the Cros, Crosby having to kick it twice because I was, I was so nervous, because as soon as the first one went in, I said, he's not going to make the second one, because that's, that's just how it goes. You don't, you don't make it twice in a row. But for me, the one play that's always so – I feel very forgotten because of how great the, the throw was, was the play right before he hit Jared Cook. He got blasted. Aaron Rodgers got blasted the play before, and the, how he did not fumble – on the on the on the play before yeah. when yeah. he got sacked because he got blindsided and I was in awe that he did not drop the
3: football. It was and, one of those that, like every t- every tweet about making fun about quarterback hand sizes in April. Shut up for that second because <laughs> that was one of those like you have got a huge hand and you get completely blindsided and somehow all of your fingers are able to stay on that football because I think it was um definitely hit him. I can't <laughs> I think it was Randy Gregory right.
2: No, no. It was a defensive back. It was Jeff Heath. Yep. Came off Heath. Ooh, of Jeff Heath. Heath also
3: picked off Aaron Rodgers
2: in that game. He yes. was like player of the game if the Cowboys had won. Also funny you bring up his hand size because after the game, somebody asked him how he was able to hold on the ball, and he held up both of his hands and said, size matters. <laughs> like a legendary quote for so many reasons. <laughs> um, the other thing about that, too, is like we traded, you know, bombs, I guess, from kickers. So, like, Crosby makes a 56-yard field goal. To give them a three-point lead, the Cowboys go right down the field in like 10 seconds, kick a field goal of 49-yarder or something like that from Dan Bailey to tie the game. And then, yeah, that whole sequence of events happens to give the Packers a win at the end. Something I will never forget from that game personally is, so this was my wife's first experience of watching a Packers playoff game with me. Because the previous week they were playing the Giants and I was at the game. So she didn't get to see that. The Packers beat the piss out of the Giants that year. So that wasn't a big deal. But I will never forget during the 56 yard field goal, she doesn't know a lot about football, but she knew 56 was a long ways away. (laughs) And if he missed it, it probably wasn't a good thing. So I looked over at her after the kick was made and her eyes are like wide open and she has both hands covering her mouth like she is terrified about what happens if he misses this kick. And then. After the uh, Cowboys field goal, I had my friend Vince was at the at the house, and it was me, Vince, my brother, and Frankie. And after he made the kick, I just jumped on him and we, like, dogpiled. It was the last game he and I ever watched together because he moved to Las Vegas. So that was kind of cool from that standpoint as well. But, yeah, that Cowboys game was uh, something else in terms – I mean, it's the last time the Packers have won a playoff game. I make that sound like it was a really, really long time ago. But I also remember – As the game ended, I like to make fun of Jason Perrone's age, my podcast partner, but he lived through like every 90s ass kicking that the Cowboys gave (laughs) the Packers. So (laughs) he calls me as the game ends and he's like, dude, I'm like close to crying and I'm like screaming in the phone. Like, I told you, I told you we were going to win. I told you we were going to win. And he was like, we weren't going to do a podcast that day. And finally he was like, F it. Let's just do it tonight because it'll be awesome. And one of the best shows we ever did because it was just complete raw emotion. At the end of the show, both of us are like, like the last question for the show is are the Packers going to the Super Bowl? And we're both like, hell yeah, they're going to the Super Bowl. And then like three days later we get word that like Jordy's ribs are broken. Aaron Rodgers is sick. There's a flu bug going around the locker room. And we were just kind of like, we're screwed, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. All right. So going- this
3: this doesn't get talked about enough, but – And, like, people get their jokes off because he played in the AAF this year. But Ladarius Gunter covered Odell Beckham, Des Bryant, and Julio Jones in three straight weeks. And as much as it's, like, easy, like, he got completely, like, sunned by Julio. Like, I get that. But probably super underrated as far as, like, a – I'm a big person on, like – the the non tangible effects of like other player has on a team, right? Like, so like for the Badger fans that are familiar, Ale- Alec Ingold came to Wisconsin as a linebacker, got moved to tailback, then was a backup. Had like six touchdowns as a true freshman to tailback, then moved to backup fullback for two years before finally getting another opportunity to really start. He played quite a bit, but like didn't start, you know. And like that was always a, it's a huge thing for me. Like he wore a lot of hats for that team, and he scored plenty of touchdowns for a fullback like don't get me wrong it's wisconsin but like i'm not like that's not the the career arc you think you're going to have when you get switched to tailback as a freshman and score six, six touchdowns so like as a football like i only coach high school but like you really appreciate those kids that like accept their role and like really add more to the team than they're like if you think of every player like a like a Madden rate like rating or whatever, like Ladarius Gunter is probably like a sixty seven or sixty eight, probably mm-hmm. right. So I mean, like for him to cover these dudes that are all like, you know, keeping <laughs> like nine, like ninety to ninety nine rated receivers, like that's a huge ask. Like even as like a person, not even on a f- football thing, but like we're asking you to do a job that you're literally not capable of doing, and we're asking you to do it as good as you possibly can. And like he really did. Like I remember getting all salty when all the Cowboy fans were freaking out. Like, oh yeah, Dez is back. Dez is whatever. And I was like, bro, like, I don't know if it says more about what you do or don't think about Dez Bryant. If you're like hyped that he scored a touchdown over an undrafted corner that ran a four, six. Like, <laughs> like, it's, I mean, that's what like, but when you like boil it down, I was like, Ladarius Gunter was a huge part of that and he'll never get the credit. And he's like a, a whipping boy. And he like, he played in the AAF so you can get the jokes off or whatever. But like, that to that team and that sequence of games is like super like underrated. And like I said, that like intrinsic value that someone adds to a team or a locker room that like that stuff doesn't happen if he somehow doesn't like, I know Odell had a few drops and stuff, but like that was a like somehow you could like, we've seen a lot better corners get torched by those three guys. So, like, the fact that they even got there, like, the guys like that, like, to me, that's what made that run so cool. And, like, I know we're kind of breaking off here, but, like, that's what really made, like, that run the table thing because it was basically Aaron Rodgers and, like, cast of Misfit Toys. Like, you got Rumble, Aaron Ripowski taking run, like, like, taking, like, inside zone reps, and you've got – Latroy Guyon playing guard in the NFC championship game because all the O-linemen are hurt. Like, just so many things were so wild in that scenario. Like, Mike Neal was, like, a primary pass rusher. And, like, they were able to make it to the NFC title game. Like, stuff like that is, like, wild to me. And that's, like, kind of, like, the cool stuff when you look back and you remember what allowed those things to happen.
2: Yeah, it was crazy. I I remember, you know, the other thing you were talking about, stuff like that, like, it's talked about a bunch because Andy Benoit, Benoit, whatever his name is, about his jersey number forever. But Ty Montgomery literally volunteering to switch, like, hey, we don't have any running backs left. Is any-? It's like the, uh, the team's getting their ass kicked in baseball, and they decide, like, uh, hey, which one of you position players have ever pitched before? <laughs> like, that's how Ty Montgomery became a running back. Have you ever tried this before? okay, we're going to do it now. And they did. And
3: like, you learned how to play running back in the NFL.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. You've never played running back before, but we want you to go from slot receiver to running back in the NFL. And honestly, was really good during that stretch run. Like He still plays running back. Yeah. And there's a team who gave him another contract. Like, two other teams. Like, one team traded for him, albeit not for a whole lot of stuff. And another team gave him another contract. So, We'll see if he can do anything with the Jets, but yeah, you, I mean, that's not talked about a ton and that's something I think I agree, you know, I think back to that team and you know, what makes them, what makes that group special? What made that group fun? And there's always something if you're a fan or, you know, whatever word Owen likes to use, I guess. But um, if you're a fan and you want to look back and think like every team has some special quality about them, this past year's team, I'm not quite sure what that was yet. I haven't figured that out, but that 2016 team, you mentioned misfit toys, like one week Jordy's out and it's Devontae Adams, or Geronimo Allison, who's an undrafted rookie that year, is making plays down the seam. Or Demarius Randall is deciding to play a little and gets a couple Bro, Demarius
3: Randall, public enemy number one, with like kept getting pick sixes, and that was the greatest subplot of any Packer season I've ever seen. Like <laughs> Packer fans were like breaking their backs, bending over backwards to delete the takes from the week before, like just cut this guy, he left the stadium in the middle of the game, he doesn't care he doesn't deserve to be a packer, cut him and then he picks six, his Dak, and everyone's like okay, maybe he's alright, I don't know Yeah. <laughs> alright, <laughs> right.
1: well, right. well we're running short on time here guys, so m- moving from the Cowboys game, one more game to talk about very quickly and I don't think it needs much introduction, so just take a listen
0: Snap to A-Rod Rushes on. Has time. Looking. Throws middle. Yes. Got his man. Breaking free to the 50. He may go all the way to the 20 down the right side. It is Randall he's, Cobb to he's the scored. 5. To the oh, end zone. So to lame. the touchdown. Oh, my goodness. Randall Cobb to the lead score. 75 yards. And the Packers have tied the game at 23.
1: So, just a season ago... To start 100 seasons with the Packers. Well, I mean, what more do you say about a 20-point, what about 17-ish minute comeback of Aaron Rodgers over the Bears to start 100 years, guys? The one thing I remember about that game, halftime 17 nothing. I'd been looking forward to football being back for so long. And I was just so angry. I was doing was dishes. So ready
3: for it to be done again.
1: I, <laughs> I'm pretty much, pretty much. I was just like, well, and I was doing dishes at halftime. I turned the game off. I broke a measuring cup out of anger during halftime because I was just I was so looking forward to it. And I was like, great, season's already over. He tore his ACL, broke his leg, whatever. And well, I mean. I, The rest of the game doesn't need much to be said about it other than 24-23. I don't know what you guys remember most about that night, Uh, but, uh,
2: I mean. Not all that incorrect when he said he tore his ACL and broke his leg. That was actually pretty close to the truth (laughs) uh, that that happened. But I do remember he went into the locker room on a cart, and I was thinking the same thing you were. Like, you look forward to this for – Six months, and, I mean, I don't know how you guys felt about the team's chances at the beginning of the season, but I was pretty optimistic. The team was good when Rogers was healthy the year before. So as long as he was healthy, I'm like, we're in pretty good shape. And then he came out of the locker room, and it was that loud, and then I'm thinking, like, okay, hopefully that's not, like, the loudest this building gets, and boy, was it not. Um, there are two moments that I've been in the stadium that I can think of that are in contention for, like, loudest I've ever heard it. Uh, One is that Randall Cobb play that we just played. And the other is 2015 after they lost the Seahawks in championship game, they played them the next year. And it's 27 to 17 when J. Ron Elliott strips. uh, I don't remember who the backup running back was at the time, but it wasn't Marshawn Lynch um, for the Seahawks. He strips them and the whole crowd is going nuts because green Bay is two and Oh, they had just beaten Seattle. There was a sense of, demon exorcism or whatever you want to call it at that point in time, which both times turned out to be incorrect. Uh, the Packers started one of those years, 6-0, and and then basically took a dump the rest of the year in front of us. And then that, unfortunately, you know, three months later, I'm thinking is like that's that was the highlight of the season was in the first game of the season, which is never a good thing. <laughs> the highlight of your season is in the first game of the year. Chances are your team wasn't very good. Um, but I remember – so. I was standing in the end zone that Cobb was going to score in. Uh, I had to go get a battery for my camera guy. He was like, in case this goes to OT, make sure you go get a, get a a battery for me. I was like, okay. So I ran over there and then I saw Cobb catch. I was like, I'll stand here and watch third down before I go find him. So I saw Cobb catch the ball. And then it was just like the parting of the red sea. And I'd look over and like, there's nobody there. Like he's going to score. And he just runs down the sideline and the crowd is berserk. Um, and the rest of it's kind of a blur. I know the game ended on a sack fumble by Nick Perry after Clay Matthews. I know the next week's game, Matthews got flagged for a bogus uh, roughing the passer penalty. But that night he got one on Trubisky and he certainly deserved it. It was one of the dumbest plays I've ever seen. Uh, especially from a guy who's a veteran president, supposed to be the leader of your defense, blah, blah, blah. But... Yeah, that game was something else. The bomb to Geronimo Allison is like – you were t- I, mean, I mean, guys, we could do a three-hour show on best throws of Aaron Rodgers' <laughs> career, but this one definitely <laughs> makes that discussion too. He's thrown on one leg and just throws a dot right over Kyle Fuller's finger.
3: Yeah, please let me talk about this because that's what I was going to do and you just stole my thing. So <laughs> okay, please okay, let me- so I please
2: not say anything more about
3: that. <laughs> <one> more <than laughs> so that. the so, biggest so, thing – yeah, so Geronimo Allison, speaking of undrafted guys that run four sixes, Geronimo Allison – Completely torches the Bears' number one corner that they like. The Packers tried to sign and basically made the Bears overpay for. Uh, and then week one gets beat deep by a dude who's pilled up on one leg, gets beat deep by a 4 6 receiver. And then later in the game, drops the game, what it would have been a game winning interception. Yes. I believe it was like the play before the Cobb touchdown, right? Uh, Two I, I believe so. That drive. He dropped the, what would have been. Because it was him, and I think it was Allison. I think had a miscommunication and threw it, and Fuller had it in his hands and dropped it. And it was either like the player, like the play after, or two plays after, hit Cobb for that touchdown. I was like, dude, like <laughs> this is it. And then so between like the the as as, as I, emotionless as I try to stay, like the peak of that win to like the absolute like crestfall of. Jair Alexander making the game-winning pick against the Falcons or the the Vikings and having it be negated by like one of the worst, awful, like league emphasis pass or, like roughing the passers I've ever seen, and then end up tying because Daniel Carlson sucks.
0: Like, <laughs> dude, like,
1: that was
3: that was rough. I was like, man, I don't know if we can do this. Like the Packers haven't lost a game yet, but like I, you feel like they would lost two games already. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like they've lost. Yeah, they should have lost. They should be one and one really. They should have lost to the Bears, and they beat the Vikings, and really neither of those two things happened. So, so um, I don't do it.
2: <laughs> something from that kick from Carlson. I remember the Paul Allen call. I'm not to keep making fun of Paul Allen, but he yells, like, Carlson before the last kick. And it's like, he missed it. Why do you... No! <laughs> no!
1: Oh, that's a hot key that'll never get old. <laughs>
3: Pretty simple. I... Any, any, any Wisconsin fan... Well, no, the Badgers played Auburn in the Outback Bowl in 2014, Melvin Gordon's last year there, and Carlton was a freshman kicker, and he missed two field goals, and the Badgers won that game.
2: So maybe so a like, awesome thing. Yeah. <laughs> last thing about this Bears game that I remember was, okay, so everybody that listens to this knows I'm from Illinois, so I've got a lot of friends that are Bears fans, unfortunately. And at halftime of this game, I don't check my phone and I don't respond to BS messages during a game. But I have like 30 messages at halftime about, oh, 17 nothing your boys hurt, blah, 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 blah. And I go through. The only thing I was trying to find on my phone was whether or not the quarterback was coming back in the game for Green Bay. And then after the game was over, I didn't have any messages <laughs> in my phone. So I just responded to all of them. I was like, what happened? You guys got pretty quiet pretty quick here. Like, did something happen? Did the game go... Four quarters instead of two? Is that how they play football these days? So, yeah, unfortunately, that was the highlight of the season. But uh, I will never forget how loaded my phone was until uh, the fourth quarter of that game when it got pretty silent.
1: All right. Well... We've gone way over on time, guys. But uh, it was like any other. Us, <laughs> imagine us staying on time. Oh my gosh! Not and too then, bad. For I, having nothing to talk about. Well, and and then that doesn't include the uh, thirty-minute pre-show that we did right before <laughs> recording this. So, um, you know, we're at about uh, you know about hour and fifteen minutes here. Uh, you know, for you guys though, listening. Uh, is, Probably felt like an hour and 15 minutes with the three of us, but it's really only about 40 here, so we're doing pretty good. All right, well, guys, it was fun taking a trip down memory lane it, you know jacob i you made me sad when you pointed out that the last packers playoff win was that cowboys game it's one of those things that doesn't really click until you say it out loud and now i'm a little it's sad fine. about that
2: but three playoff games this year divisional conference title and a super bowl it's three <laughs> playoff wins it'll make up for the next couple of years
1: oh uh, well I, I certainly hope you're right about that um but yeah, once again, you know, fun taking a trip down memory lane, uh, you know, and man, I, I I swear to you guys listening out there, we will get real content coming up here soon. It's just, I mean, oh, when when Josh McCown is leading off a Packers podcast, uh, you just know that it's just that time of year. So, but uh,
2: that was my idea. I see how much you respect my.
1: Opinion. Oh, yeah, j- j- oh, no ah, now no. that's twisting words, but <laughs> <laughs> I. All right. Well, as 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 the train rolls into the station here quickly for our listeners, guys, um, if they want to uh, keep up with both of you, Jacob and Owen, on your food rants and your just lambastic takes on Twitter, Jacob, how can people follow you on Twitter?
2: It's at Jacob Westendorf, and following up from my last podcast with Owen. No, macaroni and cheese is not a seasonal food. I can have that year round if I damn well please. That is bro, that is
3: that is, a, that is that is a fact. I don't we have all free meals, bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and Owen, if people want to follow you and interact with you on Twitter, how can they do that?
3: Oh my God! Follow the funniest awful account on Twitter at Reese R I E S E Draft. Um, we're getting closer to football. There'll be more takes. Uh, but yeah, uh, come for the football content, stay for the awful, funny jokes and self degrading <laughs> jokes.
1: All right. And as always guys, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at SportsMitty. but like, I will continue to say, Jacob points out every time we do this, there's not really a reason to do that. Cause I I really don't tweet that much, so that's a personal decision, and uh, I'm... Probably a smart one. (laughs) I've I've noticed that over about the last six months. It's a very smart decision, but... um... Nonetheless, once we get into football season more here, uh, I'll certainly be tweeting a little bit more, but uh, you can always do that. Make sure you're following the pa- uh, the a podcast on Twitter, at Pack-A-Day podcast, and make sure you're liking and subscribing on your favorite podcast listening platforms. Thank you so much again for listening today, guys, and hopefully this trip down memory lane has been fun for you. And let us know, at pack podcast or any th- – any one of our three Twitter accounts what your favorite Packer moment is where you just like you remember exactly where you were what you were doing. Make sure to let us know that on Twitter as well. So thanks again for listening guys and as always Go Pack Go!
0: Sunday night football in the start of a historic season for the Green Bay Packers Rogers in the shotgun, here's the snap rushes on, Rogers nowhere to go and he snowed under Back inside the 30, and Rodgers is down. Roy Robertson, Harris, Khalil Mack. And Rodgers unable to get up. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Down at 19 from the Green Bay, 30, snap to Kaiser under pressure, immediately dumps it up right side, it's intercepted. Intercepted by Khalil Mack. Circle route to the 15, to the 10. He's to the 5 to the end zone, touchdown. Oh, my goodness. Khalil Max had a sack, fumble recovery, interception return for a touchdown. 9-14 to go in the third. Chicago 20, Green Bay nothing.
2: Wayne, I actually see Aaron on the sideline throwing.
0: Well, that's a good sign. Yep, he is. Of the shotgun, snap to A-Rod, looking downfield, throws it over the middle, Randall Cobb is there, makes a spinning grab just outside the left hash mark. J.K. Scott, Mason Crosby, here's the snap, placement made, kick is up, and it is good. So the Packers on the board with 3.37 to go in the third. Snap to A-Rod, looking around and waiting, locks it, deep down the right side, Allison in the end zone, makes it! And what a catch. And the Packers get back into it. 39-yard bomb from Aaron Rodgers to Geronimo Ellison. Corey Lindsley on the snap. Four-man line for the Bears. They're coming out a blitz up the middle. They pick it up. Rodgers looks. Locked. Left side. Got a man out there. Snap to Rodgers under a blitz. Rodgers, tight pocket, steps up, throws a left, got Devontae inside the 10. Head back, cuts left to the 5, reaches high line. And touchdown! Oh, what a play by Devontae Adams! Snap to A-Rod. Rushes on, has time. Looking close, him!